0: Hey, this morning we're talking about a subject that I know you love. Know that you're you're gonna love this. We're talking about change, right? We've been doing this series called "This Is Us," and every week we do like "We Are Another Word." And today we're doing "We Are Changing." Um, I know everybody loves change, so I want to just explain a little bit, just kind of maybe a few disclaimers before we jump into uh, the teaching. Number one, I wanted to call this "We Are Growing." Because uh, that's one thing that we, re- really, we really, that was tough to say, we really value at the gathering is growth, like seeing people grow. Um, but then I realized, like, if I say we are growing, some of you are going to think about, like, growing the church, make- making the church really big. And I love, uh, Derwin Gray as a pastor in um, South Carolina, and I love, he says this all the time. He's like, tumors get big, so size can't be a goal, right? It's really good. So I didn't want to call it we were growing because I don't want you thinking that, like, what we value is more people necessarily. And and I thought, too, like, if I say we're growing, then some of you will think about, like, grown people that you know. And don't we all know grown men and women who really aren't grown, right? They're still, like, you know, living in the basement of their parents' house playing video games, right? Like, we're like, okay, you're grown, like, big size, but you didn't really grow. You're not mature. So what we're after in this teaching is that we value transformation. We value change, right? Um, When I was, this is going to come as a shock to you, but when I was a teenager, I was sarcastic. Still to this day, sarcastic. And I was dating this girl, not Wendy, because Wendy would never put up with this probably, but I was dating this girl and I was sarcastic. And so I would like make these little snide comments, you know, like these little passive-aggressive jabs at her. And, and every now and then, like, when I would look at her after I said it, I could tell, like, it really hurt her. And so I would say, oh, gosh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so, I'm so sorry. And one day she just said, I don't need you to be sorry. I just need you to change. And I think that was the day we broke up. And th- the point here is, like, that hit me right where we need to be hit. Because a lot of times we're sorry for the things that we do, but not sorry enough to stop doing the things that we're sorry being caught doing and so this morning we talk about change y'all here's what I want you to know change change changes the the biggest proof that we have that what God's done in our lives is legit when people look at our lives that they see change they're like oh something don't know what but something happened and so I want you to know that change is going to actually open the door to have conversations about a God who changes us here's what we know If the only thing that makes us different than the world is that you're here today for church and you're going to give some money in the offering box, but nothing else changes, we don't have anything to offer the world. But, and this is a big but, everybody say but. I should have had you say big but, right? But if a world that cannot change looks at a church that's changed, we're going to have conversations. They're going to actually come up to us, and they're going to say, how, how did you pull that off? And we're going to say it was Paul's preaching. No. We're going to say it was Jesus. Like, I used to be just like you, and I couldn't change either. But Jesus did something in me, and now I'm different. So it change opens the door to conversations. Now, last week we talked about how we're messy and I told you that God's never scared away by your mess, right? You come as you are. So no matter how you dress, no matter who you pull for, if you're a Tar Heel fan, you're still welcome here. No matter who, who you cheer for, no matter how you talk, if, if you just started following Jesus and you were, came up to me one Sunday to tell me what a great preacher I was and you happened to cuss while you did it because it just came out because that's how you used to talk all the time, I'd be like, thanks. It's awesome. Appreciate the compliment, right? You can come however you are to this place. Come as you are. But what you're going to learn this morning is that we're we're changing because we serve a God who loves us too much to leave us where we are. I'm so thankful for that, right? And so this is going to be a little bit of a challenge because none of us really like change. But here's the deal. We are changing because we serve a God who transforms. That's your big idea. That's, that's the thing I want you to remember. We are changing because we serve a God who transforms. So if you're following Jesus, if you're serving God, you're going to change. If you're not, maybe there's a problem. But before we get into the heavy stuff, let's have some fun. I brought some pictures. I love pictures. And let's just look at um some examples of change, some examples of maybe some transformation. They're they're kind of weird. Here's one. I don't know what it's just like a koalaphant. Is that what that would be called? I'm not exactly sure. A koala with an elephant, right? We've got a few more of these. Some of these are funny and some of these are like scary. Like, I don't. I mean, I don't know, y'all. If I saw that coming towards me, I'm running, right? Um, we've got a, a couple more. That dog does not look happy, right? And if your head was on the penguin body, neither would you. A couple more. I don't. I don't even know what that is. Is that a hippopotamus with a snail? I, it's just weird. So if that was a real creature, you wouldn't just be afraid of the water. You would just be afraid of the beach in general, like fly. And this is. This is terrifying. This is like right out of the book of Revelation, right? A wasp and a lion. Just, so you have a scary one like that, you got to have a nice one on the other side of it. Yeah, so cute. So, I mean, come on. And then, of course, the duck horse. Now, not that you probably could forget those, but I want you to lock them in your brain, okay? You got it? Lock them in your brain. We're going to come back. To those at the end of the messages and talk about those for a little bit at the end. So for right now, let's just ask three questions about transformation. Three questions about change. If we value change, if we know that we're changing, let's understand change a little bit more. Here's question number one. This is all about the process of change. Here's the question. How are we transformed? How are we transformed? This is the process of, of change. And my guess is we could probably go around the room and name like everybody can name two or we could have tons of ways that we change i want to give you three because i think that's a good number you can probably remember it. so if you're writing down notes first i want you to write down regularly we are transformed regularly and how does that happen well romans chapter 12 says this verses 1 and 2 says therefore i urge you brothers and sisters in view of god's mercy to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice." Holy and pleasing to God, this is your true and proper worship. Don't conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. How do we renew our mind? Ephesians chapter 5, verse 26. Paul writes this, that we renew our mind by cleansing with the washing of the Word. We cleanse our minds with the washing of the water of the Word. So basically... When we want to change, transformation happens on a regular basis, that we regularly are minding our mind. It's just kind of weird to think about, but you have to think about your thoughts. You have to actually consider what's going on between this year and this year. And, and then Paul says, if you want to renew your mind, then you need to wash your mind. Everybody's afraid of being brainwashed. We need to be brainwashed with the Word of God, Right? And, and now somebody here is going to ask me, okay, so how often should I do that? Dude, I don't know. As often as your brain needs washing, I'm going to guess moment by moment, every single day. I would just give you the same advice that I gave middle school boys. Shower. Use soap. Spray cologne. Open the deodorant and rub it on your underarm. Like, use these things if you ever desire to be married, right? Because if you stink, no one wants to be around you. And so when Paul says, hey, wash your mind with the Word, I'm just going to say you should do that every time your mind feels cluttered. Every time your mind feels dirty. Every time a thought goes through your mind that doesn't line up with the Word of God, you need to scrub that thought out with the Word of God. This is this changes us. This transforms us on a regular basis. Second way that we're transformed is intentionally. How are we changed regularly and intentionally? Ephesians chapter four, verses twenty-two through twenty-four. Now, in context, Paul's talking to the Ephesians about who they were, how people how people apart from Christ live, and now how they're supposed to be living. Are, Are you with me? So he's he's comparing. With it, Without Christ and with Christ. And this is what he says about people that are following Jesus. Verse 22. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds, and to put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. So this is very intentional. You see it? Intentional. He's saying, look, I need you to do something. I need you to undress, take off the old stuff, and I need you to put on the new stuff. He even compares them in the, to the Gentiles. He uses this phrase, um, given. He says they gave themselves over to their desires. That's how he described the, the Gentiles. They just, I just give myself to it. just Whatever I desire, I'm just going to give myself to it. And he says, no, 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 that's not how you are. I need you not to go with the flow of what you want. I need you to intentionally take off the old and put on the new. Romans chapter 12, we just read this, verses 1 and 2. Verse 2 talks about this. Don't conform to the pattern of this world, right? He urges the brothers in view of God's mercy. If it wasn't supposed to be intentional, Paul wouldn't have said, I'm urging you to do it. what What do you urge people to do? Stuff they don't want to do, right? Parents, child of my loin, I urge thee, make thy bed. Right? Like, I urge thee, picketh upeth thy roometh. Right? Like, we urge people to do stuff they don't want to do. You're not urging people to eat candy. You're not urging, like, your boss doesn't bring you in and say, hey, listen, I, I want to give you a raise. I'm going to urge you to accept it. Right? Paul's urging them to do something that he knows isn't naturally what they would want to do. That's just part of the process of being made new in the attitude of our minds. The last, the third way that we change is incrementally. Incrementally. Um, I take a lot of comfort in Romans 12 too because he says that we are being transformed. It's a process, right? We're being transformed. I, I know what I want. Maybe I'm not alone. I want to come to church. I want to have an amazing service, phenomenal worship. I want the, the base to be making my heart bounce out of my chest. I want to respond at the altar. I want somebody to pray over me. I want to feel it, and I want to walk outside and be done and look just like Jesus. Wouldn't that be great? That's heaven. On earth... What's going to happen is I'm going to have that moment and I'm going to look a little more like Jesus, and hopefully even after Monday, still look a little more like Jesus, right? So what I want you to see is this incremental thing. It's, um, I don't know anybody ever like to go tubing in a river. I we used to go to the mountains all the time and we would go tubing in the river and and it's cold, y'all. I mean it is cold water, but once you're numb, who cares, right? Because you can't feel it. So we would go, and we'd go upstream, and you got to get in the river. And once you get in the river, you sit down. So, you know, the only part of your body, really, that gets numb are your feet and, well, that other part. Yeah, that I probably shouldn't say. Anyway, you know what I'm talking about. You go, but you go down the river, and, and where do you go when you tube? Wherever the river takes you, right? But, but you got to start. And if you start here, it takes a while, especially if it's a lazy river to get to the end. It's a process from one place to the next, and it happens a little bit at a time, but it all starts by getting into the river. You've got to get in it to be changed. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18, I'm just going to read it to you the way it The Tyndale Bible Dictionary says that if we could take the original Greek, and that's how the New Testament was written in the original Greek language, if we could take the original Greek and turn it into English and read it back the way it was in the Greek, this is what it would say. We all with unveiled face, mirroring the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. That's the part that I want you to hear. From one degree of glory to another. We don't typically measure progress in 1 degrees. Right? We typically go, "Well, you you were this and now holy cow, you're this." We we watch shows like Biggest Loser and we go, "Holy mo-, like you just dropped 170 pounds. Wow." But but Paul says that biblical transfer- transformation happens 1 degree of glory at a time. It's incremental. We want to just like bam, look like Jesus. But the way gospel transformation works is every day we look a little more like Jesus. And I want to encourage you with that because I think sometimes what happens is you hear a message like this, and I, I, I fear it might get worse, right? Because you're like, we said do better. I'm not sure you are. What I want, to, what I want you to get is that it might feel horrible, to look at your life and wonder, like, am I really changing? But what I want you to hear me saying is this. If he's, if he's committed, when we get in the river, to take us where he wants us to be, and where he wants us to be is looking like Jesus, he's going to do what he said he would do. It might not happen fast enough for you and me, right? Like, your spouse might not look like Jesus fast enough. You're like, would you hurry up and be more like Jesus, Right? Your best friend might take their time. It might drive you crazy. But the truth of the matter is you are making progress because God is faithful to change us. He's a God who transforms. I, I was listening to a book a couple weeks ago, and I heard this illustration. I thought this was so good. He was talking about how we beat ourselves up when we have bad days. In my preaching to the choir, do you all ever have bad days? Do you ever have days where you go to bed and you're like, today I did not look like Jesus? Is it just me? And he said our tendency as humans is when we have those bad days in our brain, we're just like, I'm, I'm such a failure. I, I've made no progress. I have to go all the way back to the beginning and start all over. I'm a failure. I blew it. And he said he had a friend who was a cyclist, like he would ride bicycles road, on the road. And he said his friend told him, like, he used to think that way too until he, until he started riding cycles. He said, because he realized, like, when I ride my bicycle, if I ride 200 miles, at some point I'm going to find myself in a ditch. And he said, when you find yourself in a ditch, you don't go back to the beginning and run this, ride the same 200 miles again. You're already 200 miles further down the road. You just pull the bicycle out of the ditch and get back on the bike and keep going. And the author of the book was like, that's a beautiful picture of the gospel. That's a beautiful picture of how God changes us. It's incremental. It happens a little bit at a time. But when you have a day where you feel like, I didn't look like Jesus today, you don't go back to the beginning and start over. He is changing you. You are, from one degree of glory to the next, looking more and more like Jesus. Turn to the person next to you and say, you look a lot like Jesus, or at least a little. So that's how we're transformed, right? If, if you're keeping score, we're transformed regularly, intentionally, and incrementally, okay? That's the process of transformation. So let's talk about, let's talk about the point. Somebody say, so what? Right, so like why are we transformed? What's the, what's the reason we're transformed? There's got to be some point, right? Why are we being transformed? And here's two answers, both from Romans 12, 1 and 2. We've already read this. I'll read it to you again. Verse 1 gives us the first reason why we're being transformed. He says, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, here's our part, holy and pleasing to God. So one of the reasons why we're being transformed is because when we're transformed, guess what? We're pleasing to God. He looks at us and he's like, oh, I love, I'm seeing my son a little bit more in you, and I love that. It's pleasing to God. And here's the second reason. Verse 2, don't conform to the pattern of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Now, I'm going to make you all smarter because I'm going to teach you a Greek word. It's... Dokimatsu, let's say it together, on the count of three. One, two, three. Dokimatsu. Doesn't it sound like you just ordered something at a Japanese restaurant? I'd like some of that Dokimatsu, please. Some of y'all are going gonna to try to insult people tomorrow at work. You're such a Dokimatsu, right? Dokimatsu, here's what it means, to test and approve. It said, then you'll be able to test and approve. But it doesn't just mean test and approve. It can also mean to recognize as genuine. Here's why that matters, okay? You still with me? Here's why that matters. Wendy's with me. That's fantastic. Such confidence. Okay. What do you think the number one question is that I get asked as a pastor? Well, now it's when will COVID be over. But before COVID, right? Before COVID, the number one question is, hey, Paul, what's God's will for my life? And I just read to you in Romans chapter 12 how you can know every single time what the will of God is. And the way you know the will of God is... By being transformed. So when we give ourselves to transformation, the more that we're being transformed, the more that we're able to recognize as genuine the will of God for our lives. This is why that matters. You and I have been taught that if we'll just learn more about God, if we'll just memorize more scriptures, and that's really good to do, But if we'll learn a whole lot more, then we'll know what his will is for our lives. I'm going to tell you right now, I know a whole bunch of people that know more about the Bible than I do, and they couldn't tell you squat about the will of God for their lives because they have never given themselves to being transformed by God to look like Jesus. They just know a lot, but they don't live it. And if we just know stuff and don't live it, We're not going to be able to recognize what God's will is. If you want to recognize God's will, the way you do that is don't be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind through the Word of God, right, on a regular basis. Be intentional about it. Let it happen incrementally, one degree at a time, but give yourself to the process. And if you'll do that, you're going to be the person who's like, huh, I've got two choices, and that one is definitely not what God wants for me. I'm going to go this way. And people are going to say, how do you know that? Where was the verse that you read? Uh, I've just been reading. I've just been reading the Bible, like, hanging out with people and worshiping and going to church and stuff. It doesn't sound very biblical. Does it? like, it's not very spiritual. Like, give me something more than that. But what I want you to know is that, like, being changed by God is actually as simple as that. It's as simple as getting in the river and trusting him to do what he said he would do. Third, to what are we being transformed, right? That's the third question. So we, we know the process. We know the point. Here's the picture. This is the picture of transformation. We're being transformed to look like Jesus. Everybody say, duh. See, we already knew that, right? You're like, I, th- I was waiting on something more spiritual, something deeper, right? Can I just push back and tell you that this is the deepest part of the message? Because you and I have bought a lie. We have bought a lie that the point of transformation is that we would become our best selves. And that's not the point. Second Corinthians 3.18 says that we are being transformed into His image. Romans 8.29 says we're predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son. That's Jesus, right? Now, don't get caught up on the predestined thing, all right? Just look at me real quick. Theology 101. Predestined means... If you put yourself into the river of transformation, you're going to end up looking like Jesus. You with me? It's predestined. Like God said, I got an idea. I want people to look like Jesus. If they'll get into the river of transformation, if they'll they'll trust Jesus, I'll have them look like Jesus when it's over. And we're like, predestination, that's a really big word. Yeah, it means get in the river and trust God. Okay, that's what it means. So get in the river and trust God. Theology 101, over. The point here is that we're predestined to look like Jesus. And the lie that you and I have bought, remember those images I asked you not to forget about? I don't know which one you're remembering. I'm remembering the wasp lion because it's freaky. Those are not pictures of gospel transformation. Because we've bought Oprah's lie Or whoever else you want to throw in there that tells us that that God's desire for our lives is that we would become our best selves. But that's not God's desire for you. He doesn't want you to become your best self. He wants you to be a dead self. He wants you to come alive in Christ as a picture of his son. So if all we're trying to do is take the best of Jesus and mash it up with the best of us, then we're going to look like those animals that we saw at the beginning, and that's not the point of biblical transformation. The point of biblical transformation is that he would be greater and I would be less. John 3.30, John the Baptist said this, he must increase and I must decrease. He said it because his disciples had come to him and said, "Uh, excuse me, sir, have you noticed that people are leaving your ministry and following Jesus? And in our world... We would get mad about that. And John just looked at his disciples and said, well, I mean, that's kind of what's supposed to happen. He's supposed to increase, and I'm supposed to decrease. So would you like to also go? See, that's transformation according to the gospel. So a better picture. Can we throw that picture of this is gospel transformation? And you're like, seriously, you talk to me all this time to show me a picture of a caterpillar and a butterfly? Are you serious? Are we, what, third grade? Well, maybe. That's metamorphosis. The Greek word in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, that says, don't be conformed to the world, but be transformed. The Greek word for transformed, metamorphosis. That's where that word comes from. And what I need you to see is that that caterpillar doesn't mash up with a butterfly it becomes a butterfly. Now, as you look at that picture, listen to what a scientist said about that process. The transformation from the pupa to the adult is the most dramatic change in the life cycle of a butterfly. And scientists refer to this as metamorphosis. Here's the part I want you to hear. During metamorphosis, the body tissues of the caterpillar are completely reorganized to produce the beautiful adult butterfly that emerges from the pupa. In other words, the old is gone. The new has come. Paul said, you have been made new creations. Because he's taken the cells of who you are, and he has completely reorganized those so that you are now looking like the sun. That's the process of gospel transformation. Listen, our mission at the gathering, in case you don't see this at the top of every email we send you, is that we are becoming disciples. We're becoming disciples. Now, we would like to be super confident and say, we are disciples. But the gospel word is becoming. We are everyday from one degree of glory to the next, becoming more like Jesus. We're becoming disciples. And a disciple, I need you to understand this, a disciple back in Jesus' day is somebody who would follow a teacher. They'd call him a rabbi. And the whole reason that they would say, I am a disciple of Socrates or Plato, Jesus, put in a name there, the reason they became disciples is because they would actually follow that person around just to study their life. Now, this is going to be different, right, because we're in a church and we're convinced that we become like Jesus by going to classes. And classes are good, y'all. I'm going to have one in my house this Tuesday night. Classes are good. We don't become like Jesus by going to classes. We become like Jesus by studying his life, by following him and asking ourselves in every circumstance, how would Jesus have responded here? And then doing what that is. Because that's what makes us become more like Jesus. So, you know, I'll just pick on. I'm kind of a disciple of Wendy. If I wanted to be a disciple of Wendy, if she was my rabbi, I would literally, I wouldn't go to her class. I would be in her life. And I would follow her everywhere she goes. Because you know what I would want to know? I would want to know, how does Wendy respond at Walmart when the line's too long? How does Wendy respond when it's cold outside and she stopped at the pump where you can put your card in and she pulled the card out and it said, see cashier, y'all. Is this too real? Come on. I want to know how she responds in those situations. If Wendy gets a raise, what does she do with that extra money? And then I would do what Wendy does. We should have WWWD bracelets. What would Wendy do right? and I would I would do what she does because that 's what it means to be a disciple we 've confused it to learning about Jesus, not imitating Jesus, but to become a disciple means that i 'm going to imitate Jesus. How would he respond in this situation? and we do that by learning the Word of God, seeing like we have Examples in the Bible of how he handled situations. And we see what he did, and we do those things. We're being transformed into a picture of Jesus, not a picture of Jesus and me, just Jesus. The goal of transformation is that when people look at us, they would simply say, I don't really see you anymore. You remind me of Jesus. The reason that we struggle with this process is because it, it requires dying to ourselves and coming to life in Christ. So here's, here's one of the last statements I'll make, and then we'll pray and get out of here. See if this resonates with you, because it does with me. If then, Unless it's just too honest. I'm not sure. We like to be changed, but we don't like to change. Is that fair? We like the product of change, but we don't like the process of change. And I was reminded of this this morning as I was getting dressed to come to church hang with me. I was tucking my shirt in, and as I was tucking my shirt in, I felt, I felt around my waist, and I was like, ooh. I don't think I like the way that feels. It's kind of flabby. I don't want that. I think I might need to go to the gym, right? But that was my second thought. My first thought was, I want, I want a six-pack. I want a six-pack, and I really do, y'all. I mean, and if you have one, just be quiet. I really want a six-pack. But to get a six-pack, I'm going to have to go to the gym. And if I go to the gym, and if I really want a six-pack, I'm probably going to have to pay for a trainer. (laughs) Is there even a trainer that can pull that off? And the trainer is going to take my money and say, hey, now that you're asking me for advice, I'm going to say stop eating ice cream after 8 o'clock at night. But I really like ice cream, so I uh, don't know what to do with that. And the point here is I'm all in love with the product of transformation. If I could just snap my fingers and have a six-pack, I mean, even while we're talking, I am, I'm clenching my stomach trying to make it happen right now. If I could just snap my fingers and have it, I would have it. But wouldn't we all? But I don't, I don't want the process. And sometimes we do that with Jesus. I want to look like Jesus. And we just want to, like, have a magic moment, and we look like Jesus. But it's a process, and we have to be all in on the process. And what I want you to get from this morning is this. At the gathering, we are changing. We are going to become the people that have these kind of hard conversations. <laughs> where, And I've done this with people. We say stuff like, so I know you love Jesus, and I, was, and, and I love that. And I was reading in the Bible the other day, and I read this verse, and I was like, hmm, there's this verse in the Bible, and then I know that you love Jesus, but, like, this verse is, like, not quite what I see in your life. And can you help me understand that? That's, that's what happens in a place that values change. Transformation is that we want to be a part of making sure that if you got in the river up here and you got snagged on a rock somewhere around here, we want to be people that go, Let me help you out. (laughs) You know, get you back in the river so that God can keep doing what he's supposed to do. Instead of just leaving somebody hung up. Hung up on the side of a river in a raft waiting for a snake to fall out of a tree. Not a good place to be, y'all. Was that too much information? I'm just saying hypothetically it may have happened. But transformation is what we're about. And I want to end this morning just praying over you. I want to pray over this house. That you would embrace change. That you would embrace change transformation, that you would become river people, right? Like, get in the get in the river of transformation. Like, just be the best tuber there is and just trust God through the process that he's going to take care of you. He's going to change you, and it's not going to happen as fast as you want it to, but it is going to happen. Turn to the person next to you and say, I am going to look like Jesus. You are, and you probably look more like him today than you did yesterday. You just didn't know it. And you are going to look like Jesus because He's committed to transforming you and He's committed to transforming me. And that's who we are as a church. We are changing. So if you're here and you find yourself stuck, we just want you to know that we love you enough to try to unstuck you. Is that a word? No. Anyway, bad grammar and all. We sw- we wanna, we're we want so all in on this process of transformation that we want to see people that attend here becoming more like Jesus, and he will do it. Get in the river, y'all, right? Just get in the river and trust him to do the work of transformation. Let's pray. Father, for those of us that are here, those that have watched at home, we recognize, God, that there are so many ways that we can get hung up and stuck. But, Lord, at the end of the day, I love that we have been predestined to look like Jesus. And, and as long as we just make sure we're staying in that river, God, trust in you. That river of transformation is going to work. The process is going to produce the product that all of us want. Now, I might not ever have a six-pack, but I'm going to look like Jesus because you promise that we would be changed into the image of your son. And so I pray, God, right now over those that are in the room, those that are watching at home, that we would find a renewed commitment, Lord, to the process. That, that we might not look like Jesus as fast as we want to, but we are looking more like Jesus every day. Until someday... We're going to be able to reflect him to the world, and people are not even going to be able to find us because all they're going to see is Jesus. And I just pray that, God, over this house, I pray that over those that are here in this service, that this week, God, when we walk outside, we live in this world, we go to school, we go to work, we go out to eat, that there would be such a difference in us, people would literally say things like, you remind me of Jesus, And we'd be able to share the great news of a God who transforms people that he loves into the son that he loves. In your name, Jesus. Amen.